very unique and mystical, if I can use that term, transaction that takes place in the spirit when an anointed man who has heard from God steps to the pulpit and opens that Bible and begins to preach, something supernatural happens. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Loads are lifted. Lives are changed. Conviction falls. A word of encouragement sometimes comes and you can make it another mile. Things that perhaps before uh, you may have felt like, I don't know uh, what's going to happen, but through the preached word, you've received an answer from God. And you know, everything is all right. I'm going to be all right. There is nothing in this world like the preaching of the word of the Lord. And we have a great preacher tonight. Uh, it is my privilege tonight to be able to introduce the speaker. And it is easy for me to do this. I know him probably as well as uh, anybody here outside of his family. We have been best of friends for many, many years. We traveled together as evangelists, uh, jerking our trailers uh, all over, and getting together every opportunity. I have been in their home numerous times. They have been in our home, and their boys are uh, like family to my wife and I, and our children have felt that way about them. And uh, I love Brother Steve Buxton. Sometimes he's a little hard to understand, and you may scratch your head wondering, what did he mean? No, not really. You will understand what he is preaching about. Uh, he is a man of passion. He is a man of vision. He loves revival. and has uh, been graced by God to pastor a revival church. He is passionate uh, in prayer. I've prayed with him. Uh, really, all over the world, we have prayed together. And uh, we have preached together in different places. And he loves this doctrine. You never have to wonder where Brother Buxton is on the doctrine. He loves this doctrine. He loves God. He loves the Word of God. He loves prayer. He loves worship. He loves this doctrine. Amen. And he has an insatiable desire to reach this world. If you're around him very long at all, you will know that his heart beats with a desire. I want to reach this world. And that's a good balance. Amen. Brother Buxton, we love you. We want you to come take your liberty. How many plans on preaching with the preacher tonight? Amen. Thank you, Brother Hyler, and everybody said, praise the Lord. Now let's do it. Let's praise Him together with hands lifted, with hearts that are open, with mouths that are opened unto Him. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We bless the name of the Lord tonight. 
We bless the name of the Lord tonight. Come on, let's talk to him for a few moments. Let's brag on God for a little while. Let's tell him how big and good and awesome that he is. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Such a deep honor to be able to be in this house tonight. Much less standing behind this desk. There are so many other men and both on this platform and in the congregation who could do a much more able job than I. But I'm a thankful tonight for the privilege to be a child of God, be able to be in the house of God and be a part of the kingdom of the Lord. This is the greatest thing in the entire world is the kingdom of God. And I'm ecstatic tonight that God's given me the invitation. He lets me be a part of the great family of the Lord. And listen, friend, we're blessed tonight to be here, blessed to be able to feel God. Blessed just to feel the touch of the Lord. I'm excited about that tonight. I want to say a great thank you to Brother Morton, the other men that put this meeting together, Truth Tabernacle, all of their countless hours of labor. This is a place that I bring my family, the church that God's given me the privilege to pastor. I tell them, if you make one meeting, I want you to make West Coast Conference. It is a safe place for the whole house, the whole family. Doesn't it feel good tonight? Feel clean in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. What a great week we're going to have. I, I'm excited about this week. I'm ecstatic about it. I believe that when we leave this place, the majority of us will be leaving Saturday morning. Those of you that speak Spanish will be leaving Saturday afternoon. But I believe that we will leave this week a better people, a stronger people, we will have dug deeper. We'll have a firmer clinch upon the rock of truth. I believe that God will have touched us even in a greater dimension. And I want to leave this place a better man. Awesome to be with my friends that are in this house, precious men of the Lord. It's good to see many of the great saints of God at Hilltop. I love them. Great people. I love them tonight. See them all across this congregation. Help me preach. Glad for my mom and dad. I got a little note before service tonight. My mom and dad are here. God bless them. I love them. And my grandbabies. I got a granddaughter and a grandson. And I'm thankful and proud of them. And they have great parents. My two sons and two daughters and my precious wife. Just want to say thanks for this opportunity. Are you ready to have church? Are you really ready to have church? A man said, if you think you're beaten, you are. And if you think that you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win, but you think you'll lose, you're lost. For in the world we find success begins with a person's faith. It's all a state of mind because life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster hand, but 
They go to the one who trusts in God and opens their mouth and says, I can. I believe that the Lord wants to help us in this building tonight. I'm not just here to preach a little sermon. I do want to obey the Holy Ghost. Typically in meetings like this, we push towards a tremendous crescendo of the Spirit of the Lord. And it's always right how God does it. But I'm wanting in my own spirit, and I've asked God with the help of His, it would sure be a great thing if, instead of leaving on a high note, we could start on a high note and get higher and higher and higher and higher until we just kind of busted out of this place and found ourselves at home. I believe that the Lord wants to help us in this tabernacle tonight. And if you will preach with me, I'm going to do my best to unburden my spirit. In the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 1, I would read just a couple of verses in your hearing from there to the second chapter, reading a couple of verses there. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. Now, there was a certain man of Ramathium Zophim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephratite. And Elkanah had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters' portions. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Penina provoked Hannah. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Verse 1, I want to show you something. Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn 
is exalted in the Lord, notice this next statement. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. For the next few moments here tonight, I want to preach from this passage of Scripture a message I simply want to entitle, Is Your Mouth Bigger Than Your Adversary? Is Your Mouth Bigger Than Your Adversary? Hannah said, He hath enlarged my mouth over my enemy. I want God to help us tonight before we leave this tabernacle to get the last word in, to get the last praise in, and to let a world know my mouth is bigger than my problem. My mouth is bigger than my situation. My mouth is bigger than my adversary. Let's cup our hands under him. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's praise him together. Oh, let's love him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, help me praise him. If you're going to help me preach, shout hallelujah. Come on, let's shout it again. You may be seated. The scripture text that I read to you from tonight is a curious one to me. For in it, I have found many things that I want to do my best to bring to you tonight. But one of them, especially, that that piqued my curiosity and allowed me to stop a little while and reflect upon the word of the Lord, is there is a very marked change that happened in the nature and in the approach and almost, you would say, in the personality of a woman by the name of Hannah. Most of you, in fact the majority of you, know the story well. Married to a good man, the Bible gives us his name, Elkanah. The scripture allows us a little insight into his life that lets us to know that this was a man that loved God and oftentimes made pilgrimages to the house of God. There he could worship and sacrifice unto the Lord. Another little insight was that he also realized that it's not enough for him to worship God So therefore, as a true man, he made provision that his family could also worship God. For the Bible says that he gave unto his two wives portions and also doled to his sons and daughters portions or offerings, if you please, that could be taken to the house of God and given to God as a type of of sacrifice and worship. The Bible does not give us a lot of detail into uh, the first part of their life, but there's enough there to understand that 
he had a special something for Hannah. There was a deep love in his heart for a wife that up until this point had not been able to give to him a son. Up until this time of the word of the Lord, she'd not been able to help him as his lineage grew. But she was relegated to the job of an observer. She felt the love of her husband. She enjoyed the blessings of his house. But there was something missing in the relationship because there was no flesh that had come from the two of them. She did her best to try and smile and tousle the hair of the children of uh, Penina. She did her best to try and smile, a motherly smile in the face of Elkanah. As in a position of a surrogate, she would rock the children upon her lap. She would look across the room to another lady and said, these are beautiful children that you have given unto Elkanah. But something was deep in her spirit that she realized if I'm never, never blessed of God to give my husband a child, I will go to my grave with a stigma that will forever be implanted upon my life. I would submit to you today that the thought of being barren became almost a load too great for her to bear. I am sure that in many times she sat with her husband Elkanah and in his own wisdom he did his best to try and soothe a broken heart and kissed her tears away and said, Baby, your love to me is more than the love of a thousand sons. And she would grin through her bitterness. She would do her best to smile, but an ache was in her soul that nothing could ever satisfy until a child would be at her bosom and she could hand it to her husband. The Bible doesn't tell me about the stories of Penina and Hannah as sitting across a table. Penina would give her a little sneering glance as she would feed another child. No doubt seeing the ache in Hannah's life as Hannah would make her way into the kitchen around the table it was filled with babies that bore the resemblance of the lover of Hannah's heart and that was her husband Elkanah but a child she could not give him she lived every day with the unfulfilled promise of one day maybe one day God will smile upon her that unfilled promise of someday was quickly driving her to a place that she said I don't know how much more that I can bear she was tired of becoming an observer she was tired of just being a witness of someone else that was being blessed of God. She was coming to a place in her own life where she began to question, is this what I have to accept? And is this going to be my lot in life? Will I hold an empty promise?
promise and go to my grave. I want to talk to you tonight and allow you to understand that it's in the arena of challenged faith that many people fold their tent and go home. It's in the arena of when our promise has not come to fruition that oftentimes frustration seeks alternatives and we allow the adversary of our spirit to find a toehold in our life and begin to tell the message sounded good but I don't ever think it's going to happen. It's at times that we rock our empty cradles and we pad through our empty nurseries and think well the man of God just tried to help me but it doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. Can I tell you tonight she was a good wife and she probably did her best for a number of years but I read in my Bible that there came a day that something happened in the heart of Hannah and she realized I refuse to live the rest of my life rocking an empty cradle holding an empty promise and just being a server of somebody else getting a blessing of God can I stop right now and tell this conference tonight I believe that God before we get out of here tonight uh, wants to walk up and down uh, the aisles of this house uh, and let somebody know uh, there's a miracle uh, that God wants to put uh, inside our hand tonight. I want to preach to somebody whose back's against the wall. I want to preach to somebody tonight who's sick of hearing your adversary run his mouth at your spirit. I want to lift up a standard and let you know our God still sits high and he looks low. He's still in control. He's still in charge. And yet on the throne. Oh, clap your hands with me. Come on, let's clap our hands to him. Come on, I want you to wake up the adversary. I want every spirit of doubt, fear, and unbelief to know I got your number, buddy, and I'm coming at you. Days of miracles are not over. They're not in the past. It's not just something in our ancient history. It's not just something of our heritage. We are living in the most powerful days that the church has ever known. Where are you, Hannah? Hold on, girl. Hannah got tired of seeing Penina receive a portion greater because she had children. The Bible says she began to vex her. She vexed her sorely. Now I want to tell you, it's, it's bad enough to have things not going your way. But when somebody starts rubbing their finger in the wound and putting their finger in your eye, I can deal with my problem, but now you're vexing me.
I'm accepting the, the situation that God's not done yet what he told me he was going to do. But now you're starting to mock me. Now you're telling me it's time to pipe down a little bit. Now you're telling me you've been shouting eight years and it still hasn't happened. Maybe you need to give it a little break. You know, you've been bragging on the promise of God, but you've been bragging for 11 years and you still got an empty cradle and nothing's going on in your house. Paniah began to vex Hannah. She began to mock her and make fun of her. Elkanah says that he loves you but I got his babies Elkanah says you're the apple of his eye but I'm rocking his children can I talk to you a little bit there needs to be a place in your life that you draw a line in your own spirit and say I've been patient I've been kind I've been good I've tried to stay in my place I've tried not to stir something up but adversary, you're crossing a line. You're going where you don't need to go. You're about to make a big mistake. You're headed somewhere. I'm not going to take sin down. I want to preach to you, saying of God, there's a place in your life when a line is crossed and the enemy of your soul leaves you no alternative but to rise and to respond and say, it's not my name on the line anymore. It's God's word that's on the line and God's going to come through. I hate to lose. You may be seated. I hate to lose. I hate to lose anything. I don't like to lose at checkers. I don't like to lose at cork ball. I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose, period. Whatever game you want to talk about tonight, I don't like to lose. But I've learned in life that you're going to lose some things. Some games you're going to lose. Sometimes the call doesn't always go in your favor. But if you play long enough, it's going to all even out. You just, but I don't, I don't like to lose. But I've learned, Brother Garrett, that when I've been whipped... To accept it like a man and say, you whip me this time, this time, this time, but the next time I'm going to whip you like you ain't never been whipped in all your life. Now, I can deal with getting whipped and I can take my medicine and go home. But if you start taunting me, if you start saying, ha ha, I thought you had what it took. It didn't take much and I struck you out. 
I thought you had more than that. I thought you could bring more than that to the pew. I thought you could bring more than that to the house of God. Uh, when they start taunting me, it's, I start getting crazy. When they start saying, nana, 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 you can't do this and you can't do that. They're, they're, they're not playing fair then. I'm about to forget everything that my parents told me. And that is when you get whipped, just pack up your bags and go home and prepare. But there's going to come another day. But, but, but when the adversary starts taunting me. When he starts saying, ha, I knew you didn't have it in you all the time. I didn't just whip you because I knocked one over the wall. You were whipped before the game even started. Something starts messing with me. It's the taunting. It's the, it's the, you know, there was a boxer, a famous boxer by the name of Muhammad Ali. And Muhammad Ali, he, he had fast hands and fast feet, but he had a faster mouth. He, 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 could, he could fight and hit and punch. He, he was probably one of the best that's ever laced up his gloves. But if you read anything about him, you're going to understand that one of the greatest weapons he had, it wasn't a left, it wasn't a right, it wasn't an uppercut, it wasn't a jab, it was his mouth. He'd get in that ring and they'd take off the, uh, his robe and, and he'd start taunting his opponent. He'd say, I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He said, I'm going to do the rope-a-dope. And he'd hang his hand. He was taunting his adversary. He'd walk up to him and say, hey, big boy, give me what you got. Give me your best shot. Because he realized, if I can crawl inside his brain, I'm not going to have to hit him as hard. If I can get inside his mind, I'm not going to have to beat him down. If I can talk him out of his position, I'm not going to have to wear myself out. And so he would taunt. He would make fun. He would say, come on. I know you ain't got a God. Come on, give me what you, you ain't got no left. You ain't got no right. You ain't got no punch. I'm preaching to men and women in this house tonight that are staggering in the canvas of life. And the adversary's been taunting. He's been jabbing. He's been running his mouth. And you've been holding on saying, God, won't somebody shut him up and sit him down? The Bible says something happened to Hannah. She, this is how I like to say it, she snapped. You ever seen anybody snap? Anybody here from True Tabernacle? Anybody got any parents here tonight? You big chickens. Anybody have children in this house tonight? Anybody have an employer? People snap. 
They're going along. They're taking it. It's happening. But Hannah snapped. She realized, Penina, you've crossed the line with me. Penina, I've rocked an empty cradle for the last time. Penina, you sneered at me the last time. Penina, you made fun of me the last time. Penina, you've mocked me the last time. Penina, you've rubbed your children in my face the last time. Penina, you've given me that grin for the last time. Hannah snapped. No longer is she complaining to God about the mouth of her adversary. You read it yourself. Hannah's prayer changes. Her tone changes. Her attitude changes. She's not on the defense anymore. She's not a victim anymore. Now it's got personal. You're going to help me preach the next couple of moments? She'd waited for years for somebody to plead her cause. She'd waited for years for somebody to come to her rescue. She'd waited for years for somebody to vindicate her. But to no avail, she kept weeping and her adversary kept vexing. She kept weeping adversary kept vexing she'd keep pleading her cause and Penina'd keep mocking her I want to tell you somebody I want to talk to you tonight you better be very careful that you don't get to a place in your walk with God that you learn to accept the trash talk of the adversary that's after your soul I don't want to become professional. I don't want to learn how to do this. I want to make this thing personal. I got to live for God personally. It's got to be something going on deep in my spirit. As apostolics, let's keep this experience personal. I don't just want my neighbor to get a hold of God tonight. I've got to get a hold of God tonight. I don't just want my neighbor to get victory. I love to see it, but God, I need victory tonight. We need to understand it's my Holy Ghost. It's my joy. When you come to the house of God, I'm going to get my victory. This is my service. This is my song. Hello! Hello! I want to ask you tonight, is your mouth bigger than your adversary? Let me tell you the old song. It says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This Holy Ghost that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy, this peace, this victory, this anointing, this church, the world didn't give it to me. I want to help you. There's not enough paninas to shut your mouth. There's not a big enough adversary to keep you from singing your song. This joy that you have, the world didn't give it to you. And honey, the world, they can't take it away. Oh, clap your hands with me unto the Lord.
Come on, now that was a good hand praise for the observation of your neighbor. But why don't you let your adversary know, I'm not just going to patty cake tonight. God's about to do something for me, and my promise is coming. West Coast. We're one God Jesus name tongue talking people. We're not on the way down. We're not on the way down. We're not backing up, shutting up. You may be seated. You got to refuse to allow your adversary to steal from you the fact that whatever God has promised he's going to fulfill it's bothering me that our churches are being filled with promises that haven't come to pass it's bothering me that we preach faith and it's easier for us to have faith for God to help another than it is to have faith that God can help ourselves. It's easy to believe that God is going to give another church revival, Pastor. But we struggle going back to our pulpit and really believe that God is going to give us revival. We've learned how to rock our empty cradles and keep our mouths shut. We've learned how to hold an empty promise and bury it by thinking, well, maybe I didn't hear what I thought that I, I thought I heard. I'm going to talk to somebody tonight. If God promised you 55 years ago, he's the same today as he was then. He's going to be the same tomorrow as he is right now. And I refuse the taunt of the adversary of my spirit to steal from me the promise of God. Come on, your adversary's not silent. He rages like the sea against the promises of God. While I'm preaching to you right now, your adversary's telling you, well, don't get involved in this one. You might as well not throw your faith up right now. Let's just wait till the rest of the week. Let's just wait till Friday night. Let's, I'm here to tell you, honey, I'm tired of a loud mouth enemy stealing from me my victory. Don't lift your voice to God right now. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, mother. You can still open your mouth. Come on, Father. You can still call on God. Come on, young people. Gotta hear ya. Come on, talk to God. Open your mouth to Him. Tell Him you're still the great I am. You're still the God of glory. Nothing's too impossible for you to do. 
Your adversary is not silent. He rages like the sea against the promises of God. John wrote in Revelation 12 and 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation. Now is come strength. Now is come the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser, for the accuser, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. I'm going to tell you something, the enemy of your spirit doesn't mind you getting a little shouting on a Sunday night. He doesn't mind you coming to get a little dip of some kind of a conference experience. But if you ever get the revelation that if the adversary is going to rail against me day and night, instead of me wasting the rest of my life asking God to stop the mouth of the adversary, let me pray like Hannah. Enlarge my mouth! Bible doesn't end there. It says, and they overcame him. Who? The adversary. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Oh, I wish I had a lot of time to preach to you about the power that's in a saint of God's mouth. But Romans 10 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess, that if thou shalt confess, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Hang on. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. But with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It don't take a whole lot of thinking. To allow righteousness to get in your spirit. Because the Bible teaches me. That with a heart man believes. I sit in this tabernacle and believe. I'm preaching to people that believe. But I want to talk to you a little bit tonight. Some of us need to go beyond righteousness. And get a hold of victory. Some of us need to go beyond thinking and hearing and listening. And get our little mouth open. And say, devil. I've listened the last time. I've wept my last night. I've wasted my last service. So God, enlarge my mouth over my adversary and let me shout him down. Clap your hands with me.
Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the what? I'm almost to my message. You know what we want to believe? Death and life are in the power of the preacher. Death and life is in the power of the music. Death and life is in the power of however my life's unfolding right now. Death and life is in the power of the greatest circumstance that's in my life right now. I want to tell you tonight, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now before you write me off as to preaching some name it and claim it theology, some blab it and grab it doctrine, that's not what I'm preaching. But what I'm preaching is this. It's one thing to hear the word of God. It's another thing to get it in your heart. But then it's an awesome thing when it starts coming out of your mouth. The devil doesn't care how much you believe the word of God as long as you sit on it. He doesn't care how much righteousness is in your heart as long as you just fold your arms with it. He doesn't care how holy you are as long as you just look the part. But honey, when you open your mouth and say, adversary, you've crossed the line. God's going to enlarge my mouth. Something happens. Look at this. Bartimaeus. His only weapon against his adversary was his mouth. <laughs> Bartimaeus didn't have an army. He didn't have a bazooka. He didn't have an F-16. He didn't have an Abrams tank. He didn't have a police department. He had no sight. He had no money. He had no position. He had no friends with influence. He had no physician. He had no hope and no cure. But he had a mouth. He didn't have a job. He didn't drive a Hummer. He didn't have a nice house. He didn't know up at this point a miracle worker. He wasn't married to a water walker. But he had a mouth. He didn't have a promise. He didn't have a future. He didn't have a hope. But he had a mouth. He didn't have people saying, we're going to get you there. We're going to arrange things for you. He didn't have an emissary. He didn't have a mediary. But he had a mouth. And instead of shutting up, he stood up. Instead of shutting down, he shouted it down. I want you to hear what I'm telling you. 
The moment he began to use his voice, and the moment he began to cry aloud, resistance reared its ugly head. What you're feeling right now is nothing new. Resistance always wants to try and rise. When you feel hope begin to give birth inside your spirit, the adversary always gets next to you. Well, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? What are you going to look like? What is it going to sound like? But I'm going to talk to you about Bartimaeus. He had nothing to lose, and he had a mouth to use, and he shouted unto the Lord, I've got to get the attention of the only hope I have. And he cried with all his might, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I know I'm not a part of the program. I know I'm not in the parade route. I know you didn't wake up today thinking about healing me. But all I got is a mouth. And I'm going to use it. I want to tell you when resistance reared its ugly head, the Bible says he shouted all the more. Three Hebrew boys in a fiery furnace. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes your situation is critical. I don't know about you tonight, but I need more happening to me when I leave this house than just showing up, shaking some hands, giving an offering, hearing some preaching, singing a few songs, have a little tongue talking going on, feel a little bump of the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to people that are in critical situations tonight. There's men and women in this house that right now are in the furnace of affliction. There's men that I'm preaching to right now that God has promised you revival. And you, all you did was stir up and wake up an army of the adversary. That's mocked you to the place that you're almost thinking about. God's through with me here. I'm going to have to resign and go somewhere else. I'm preaching to faithful saints of God who've been talked in the back of a corner. I'm preaching to powerful men of God and women of God that used to pray. And when they did, heaven shook and hell trembled. But the mouth of your adversary has been enlarged over your own faith. And tonight you're in this building saying I hope that before we leave here that God's going to do something in my life I'm telling you tonight don't just sit there you've got to learn to open up your mouth and say God if you touch anybody in Fresno this week touch me I'm preaching to people who've been deafened by the roar of the adversary. I'm preaching to people tonight who the voice of the enemy has been magnified into your life. I've come by with a little message from the Lord. God's wanting you to get up. He's wanting you to open up and allow God to enlarge your mouth over your adversary. Come on, let's praise him.
on for old fashioned travail that rises in the bosom of a child of God. Words escape them. Rhyme loses them. Gone is the syncopation of the song. And from the depths of their soul comes a sound that the adversary can't handle. It's when their soul begins to cry. Brother Hyler, you got in my message tonight when you stood in this pulpit and began to talk that said I was in trouble, but I cried unto the Lord and the Lord heard me I'm preaching to somebody tonight you've been asking God 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 stop the mouth of the gainsayer God stop the mouth of my adversary. God. Stop the mouth. Of the devil that's mocking me. Stop the mouth. Of the situation. That's drowning out the sounds of praise. In my spirit. It changed with Hannah. When she quit being a victim. And decided to be a victor. It changed with Hannah when no longer did she pray, God, shut up the mouth of Penina and then begin to pray, oh God, would you just make my mouth a whole lot bigger and make my voice a whole lot stronger? I don't care what the devil says. He's going to have to hear me as I praise my God. Come on, child of God. Get your mouth open tonight. Come on, saint of God. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. I'm weary of surrendering my mood to the enemy. I'm tired of giving up my days to the adversary. I'm tired of letting services uh, slip through my fingers. I'm weary of just being Pentecostal. Oh, God, shake us in the Holy Ghost. Walk down inside our spirit and help us to give a voice of praise and thanksgiving and victory. See, we get intimidated. We become good at being Pentecostal. We become intimidated. We used to preach a whole lot about heaven when we shopped in secondhand stores, drove used cars, put cardboard in our shoes. There was a lot more message about heaven preached. When we were vi migrant workers, sharecroppers, 
when we worshiped in brush arbors and storefronts. But God's been good to us. He's taken us to the other side of the town. We don't hear a bunch of preaching about heaven anymore because we got it so good here. I want to tell you, some of you are taking it too good. You, you've learned how to let the devil have victory over you and go through the motions of being Pentecostal. You've learned how to go to church service after service after service with an ache in your spirit and stopping the voice of praise that wants to come out of your life. Oh, to God that God would raise somebody up again that doesn't care what anybody thinks anymore. That knows how to open up their mouth and get a hold of God and say, God, I've asked you to do it all for me. I'm not asking anymore. Just help me, God, to get a leg up on my problem. the last time you just do your head back when's the last time that the pain was so deep the man of God preaches message after message and you're trying to believe it but you can't hear what he's saying because the adversary is mocking, 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 vexing, vexing, vexing. When's the last time you threw your head back and just lifted your voice like a trumpet and said, but God, somehow you're going to help me and get me out of this. Some of you ought to open your spirit right now. Somebody out in this house ought to lift your mouth unto the Lord and say, Oh, God. Come on, child of God. God's going to help you tonight. You need to give voice to your dream again. You need to give voice to hope again. You need to give voice to the promise again. You need to give voice to faith again. you want a victory get one come on you're not a victim you're a victor come on you're more than a conqueror you're more than an overcomer you're a child of God
I dare somebody to open your spirit right now. That's it. Enlarge my mouth. Enlarge my mouth. Enlarge my mouth. Thank you, Don. You may be in the depths of despair, but why don't you come out with your hands up? Why don't you come out with your mouth open? Why don't you come out with a song of praise? God's going to enlarge my mouth. <laughs> the three Hebrews said, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. Our God is able. But I just want you to know, big boy, if God doesn't deliver us, we're not going to shut up. We're not going to find a corner and surrender. If he doesn't deliver us, we still won't bend. We still won't bow. And we're going to go out of here with a voice of praise and a shout of victory. Job didn't go quietly. He said naked came I into the world and naked am I going to leave the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away but blessed be the name of the Lord come on some of you don't have a job some of you don't have any hope some of you don't have a position, but you got a mouth. I said you got a mouth. And the Lord's in this sanctuary. You need to get the attention of God. Enlarge my mouth. Where are you, Barnabas? I know some around you don't like it. I know some around you get a little bit offended. I know some around you live in 2003 and they've learned how to look so good. But I'm begging you, Bartimaeus, if you won't shut up, you're going to get God's attention. If you won't stop, God's going to come. If you won't be quiet, your miracle's going to be here. Read the story of David and Goliath all over again. David didn't cower in fear. He talked smack. Read it. He talked back to Goliath. Read the story. Goliath disdained his youth. He likened David's power to being hit by a stave or a stick. Goliath said he'd feed his flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. You can preach about David however you want to. One thing David wasn't, David wasn't a wimp. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't a coward. And he wasn't silent. Listen what David said. David said, Goliath, God's going to deliver you to me. 
and then I'm going to smite you. I'm going to snatch the head off your body. I'm going to give you a carcass to the fowls. I'm going to give them the beast of the earth. And everybody's going to know that God is in Israel. But he kept on talking. And he kept on swinging. And he kept on talking. And he kept on swinging. It's not enough to swing tonight. You got to get your mouth open. You got to let him know you're coming to me with a sword. You're coming to me with a shield and spear. But I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. You're going down, boy. Today you're mine. Oh, to God, that some of you would front up your adversary right now. Oh, to God, that some of you right now would look at that dogging, dogging trouble that's been on your heels for years. That you would stop and turn around and say, I've asked God to shut you up the last time. You're looking at the one that's going to shut you up. i got a bigger mouth than you do. I'm going to have a bigger praise than your problem can ever be to me. Zaire, Africa. I'm almost through. Musicians, you can come. Zaire, Africa. A number of years ago, a young boxer had just gone through a name change. The whole world knew him as Cassius Clay. But aren't you glad that there can be a name change? Cassius Clay wanted to be known as Muhammad Ali. And he told everybody around him, you don't call me Cassius Clay anymore. You call me Muhammad Ali. So Joe Frazier said, I ain't calling you Mohammed nothing. Your name is Cassius Clay. And they got in the ring and written on the robe of the adversary of Joe Frazier was Muhammad Ali. He dropped the robe and emblazoned on his boxing trunks. Muhammad Ali. And he got in the ring. And he looked at Joe Frazier. And he said, my name is Muhammad Ali. Frazier shook his head. No. It's Cassius Clay. And about that time, boom! Ali tagged him and said, What's my name? A few minutes later, Muhammad slipped fast, ducked beneath Frazier. Boom! 
What's my name, Frazier? Boo! What's my name? He was floating like a butterfly. Boo! Stinging like a bee. What's my name, Frazier? Finally, Muhammad Ali beat a revelation into Joe Frazier. Silence only continued the pummeling as Frazier's neck was snapped. And Muhammad hit him. And would ask him, what's my name? Till finally, Frazier got a revelation. Anybody that can hit that hard can call himself whatever he wants to call himself. No, you're not. That the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And the devil doesn't ever want us to forget where we've come from. But I want to preach to somebody, get up off the deck tonight and open your mouth. But what's my name? And such were some of us. But I've been washed. I'm sanctified. I'm justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God, I wonder tonight is your mouth bigger? than your adversary. I'm going to leave you with this. The next time the devil tells you that God can't use you, remember Noah was a drunk and Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached night naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. Mary Magdalene 
Queen, you know her story. The Samaritan woman was divorced many times. Zacchaeus, too small. Paul, too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. And the devil wants to talk you out of the blessing of God. Enlarge my mouth. Enlarge my mouth. Hold a God that hell can hear. A thunderous praise that comes from Fresno, California on Wednesday night. That God is enlarging our mouth. Over. Our adversary. <laughs> the Bible says the Lord himself he's coming as a thief in the night brother Keith he's coming when we don't expect him but he's not coming silent because my Bible tells me brother Garrett that the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and the voice of a trumpet let me help you child of God I want to let you know where your miracle is it's in you lifting your hands and opening your mouth and saying God enlarge my mouth I don't care if the devil has tried to steal my praise I'm going to praise him in silence I'm going to praise him until he loses his mind I'm going to put a shout on him that nothing can take off I'm enlarging my mouth in the Holy Ghost shout under God with a voice of triumph come on it's not over with come on it's not over with Hannah don't give up God's about to break forth don't give up he's going to launch him out against your adversary oh. 
like the old black preacher said, he said, you just need to throw your head back in the air like you don't even care. You need to get a bare Bartimaeus revelation right now. There's a spirit of resistance that's going to try and embarrass you. Going to try and shut you down. Going to try and stop your mouth. But I got a no news for you. God's enlarging your mouth. He's enlarging your mouth. He's enlarging your mouth. He's enlarging your mouth. Why don't you come down to this altar? 